Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. Actually, it's been it's been two weeks I haven't done a podcast since the last time we did a podcast. So with me to talk baseball again is Bally Senior MLB writer David Brown. David, how are you? Hi, Andy. And that's how it should be. Oh, only baseball, only every two weeks, only with me. Yep. That's what the that's what the the people say too. They're like, just do that, except maybe less frequently. I'm like what? Fair enough. No, they don't say. People clamor. They clamor for these podcasts. Well, I hope so. I think, that's the noise. I think that's the noise they're making is clamoring. <laughs> right. It's a loud banging. We don't know. We, we assume it's clamor. So, it's a lot of exciting stuff that's happened since the two weeks that we last did this. Um, not the least of which is the, the Giants and Padres went to Mexico City to play two games on a Saturday, Sunday. So they had the, the rare Friday off. And somebody, I think Jay Kuda, I'm probably saying his name wrong, on Twitter, actually, did you see the chart he put together that showed he put the, the altitude in to yeah. scale? And right. so you see all these little team logos down towards the bottom of the thing, and then you get about halfway up, and there's the Rockies, and then you go way up, and they even showed where a plane would be. Not a not a jetliner, but like a, you know. Right. And then Mexico City, which is a good two thousand feet higher than Denver. Yes, uh, it has to be to get above the pollution. That's why they had to put it up there. Right. Um, is that true? <laughs> yeah, they actually built. They added on. <laughs> it was a big project a couple of years ago. We gotta go. We gotta go up. up. Um, and my brother went to Mexico City for something, probably to pick up some prescription drugs. Um, and he was commenting on how you could literally see the air there, and he thought it was no big right. deal. Yeah, he's like, I don't, I'm not spending a lot of time in Mexico City. The Ken Caminiti Mall. <laughs> so they went, uh, they played two games there. Uh, the uh, the team split the games. And, then and we don't have any report on the Padres, but we do know that the Giants brought took something to Houston with them that they didn't have when they got there, and it was the shits. Logan Webb estimated that two-thirds of the team has diarrhea. Like, congratulations. Your lovely parting gift. Two days in Mexico City. They went to Mexico and they came back with the stereotype, uh, cliche, Montezuma's Revenge. Amazing. And I'm sure Jason Stark will have a column this week about all of the players ever (laughs) who were named Montezuma. (laughs) And uh, if they ever got their revenge. If there's a Montezuma revenge game, I don't see anybody. There was a Montezuma. There's a team in Montezuma, the Braves. All right. But I don't see a guy that used to play. The halls of Montezuma is a baseball park. No, it's not. Now, it's. I found that odd, though, that that happened, um, considering all the sports science and all the stuff. Um, this has been several years ago now. Um, we had a the place I worked brought in a guy from Harley-Davidson to give us, to give like a speech. He actually rode his Harley through the doors of the conference center right up into the thing. But we were standing around the back talking before, and I was not feeling great. And for once, it wasn't because I was hungover at work. Um, I was actually sick. And he looked at me, and he's like, are you feeling all right? I'm like, I'm going to stay over here, but no. And uh, he goes, you know, um, he goes, I go to I go to Mexico quite a bit. And I used to get, every time I would go, I would get sick, no matter what I did, no matter how careful I was, 
You know, don't drink the water. Don't, it's impossible. It, it's impossible to avoid water. You're, it's going to be in stuff. It's, you're just not going to be able to do it. So he said what he does now when he's, he's going to Mexico is for two weeks before he goes to Mexico, he eats yogurt every day. Active culture yogurt. And then a week before, he adds in, he tries to eat rice at least once a day before he goes to kind of lay down, get some the little good bacteria going and get whatever. And he, gave me the hardest method. And he claimed he had never, he has, he's, he has, to that point at least, he'd been going for years and had not gotten sick again. He said it almost always happened. It hadn't happened ever since he started that. And uh, at the time, the Cubs, I can always bring it back to the Cubs, one of their radio sponsors was Kiefer, which is this drinkable yogurt yeah. crap. And I started buying Kiefer. And every once in a while, I just, you know, jug, you know, glugged down some Kiefer. And like that guy, I have not, I used to get food poisoning, you know, occasionally, more enough that my family was like worried about, you know, <laughs> where are you eating? I'm like, well, you know, it's easy to, you know, I enjoy the buffet at a strip bar and at a strip club, and that's going to happen. It's just, it's part of it. I've, ne- I have not gotten it since. Huh. And so I eat, I, and then I have kefir somewhat regularly. Oh. And, um, but like if I eat anything I think sketchy, or I eat and I just don't feel great. I just chug some kefir. So there you go. So we may pick up a new sponsor. Lifeway Kefir. That's the crap I drink. What's your favorite flavor? I like the, there's a, there's a very berry that I like. Uh But I also, the strawberry's good too. And, uh, I, I have a, I have a a, a mini fridge down here next to the, we have three fridges in the house because, why not? So I have my own stash and I just drink right out of the bottle. In fact, when my wife isn't feeling great, she'll be like, can I get some kefir? And then she'll look at it and go, have you been drinking out of the bottle? Yeah, I'll run out and get you some. So, there you go. Uh, but anyway, the Giants with the shits took two out of three from the Astros. Right. That's the new market inefficiency. It's diarrhea. Well, it hasn't, and it hasn't scared MLB. They've already scheduled or tentatively scheduled next year's series yeah. in Mexico. So, Well, if the, if the Giants go on a run... <laughs> 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 Teams be clamoring to get into that into the Mexico game, right? The Cubs and uh, Cardinals are going to be playing in London. I don't know what kind of I don't know what you can pick up in London. Gingivitis? <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know what it would be out there. I get it. I have bad teeth. <laughs> well, will uh, Prince Charles be installed by then? Is he uh, King Charles? Yeah, and that happened in like that's like this week. I know they're taught that, but we've been it takes forever. I, yeah. I don't know if we're really on the verge of it or not. No, I don't know. Yeah, I would think he'll be. He, I would think he's going to throw out the first pitch right at one of the games. He might. He's a big polo guy. He probably have to ride out on a horse. To do it. You can't have the queen do it. Unfortunately. No, that's too bad. I mean, we saw it in the Naked Gun. We know what it looks like. Right. So that was great. That's another. Uh, actually, the benefit to the Cubs of playing the Cardinals in London. Is, do you know the Cubs only go to St. Louis once this year? That's crazy. Yeah, they have a four-game series. I think next month in June, and that's it. They do not have to go back to that place. My old head doesn't like that. I, I like the visiting three times thing. I do. I'm used to it. I don't know why. Yeah, I could say I was not when they went to the balanced schedule. And I'm at six fewer games against, against the Cardinals. I was not terribly disappointed. Yeah. We get enough of that. We get enough of that shit. We don't really need 19 of them. <laughs> 13 is fine. Well, the Cardinals offense finally broke out against sort of Shohei Otani. They scored, I think, four runs. So that's the most – it seems like that's the most runs they've scored this year. So Didn't he strike out 13 in the first five innings? Something like that. But he also gave up a home run. And yeah. yeah. Kind of to, all over. To one of the uh, Cardinals' assortment of mediocre outfielders? Dylan Carlson. Yeah, that one. You must mean him. Yeah. Yeah, 13 strikeouts, two home runs allowed, four earned runs. Kind of a weird – that's a funny line for sure. But that's the purpose. So did the Cardinals win? Uh, still be de- – Oh, still be determined. De- they're uh, they're trailing right now in the ninth inning. They just went. Uh, they were winning. They were leading. Oh, that's too bad. The Eagles have scored twice oh, in the ninth. Sh- oh shucks. Well, 
that's a nice segue into uh, one of the things I wanted to do uh, with you, with your big baseball acumen. Yeah. Was, uh, see here, on the 3rd of May, if there are already teams we can just completely give up on. Just say, all right, well, it doesn't matter. They're already playing out the string. Well, they say that, you know, if you're not in the hunt on Memorial Day, forget it. And that's only three and a half weeks. <laughs> Let's give it a shot. I think the great Don Zimmer, I think his theory was if after 60 games you weren't 500, you were done. Right. And that was back in the days when there were like two playoff teams in each league, which was a little bit different. But basically, if you were still treading water with 100 games to go, somebody else had probably run out far enough that you weren't going to catch him. I don't know if that's going to be the case in the AL Central, honestly. I don't know if that's going to be the case in most of the National League. Right. You know, right now there's they've there's one good team. Well, I get the Dodgers have won six in a row, so maybe there's two. But the Braves and them, and then there's the then there's the uh, uh, Pirates, who somehow managed to never play a team with a winning record. Congratulations. Um, well, it's because they just keep beating them. Now they, well, they've lost, I think, three in a row now as we speak. So maybe they're coming back to earth a little bit. Yeah, two of them to the Rays. Right. I wrote this in, in the newsletter, which I'm sure you read. Um, Devin, or, what's his name? Dejan Kova, somebody from Pittsburgh. Oh, uh, yeah, Dejan Kovacevic, I think. Right. Copacetic. Bless you. Um, this was it was it was just a product of timing, which was really fun. Um, one day, you know, the pirates had been smart guys like me had been like, yeah, we haven't played anybody. They're really not that good. And he tweeted out that they were at that moment, they had the best record in baseball against teams that were over five hundred. Right. Admittedly, they had only played nine of those games, and they were six right. and three. And in the time, from the time he tweeted it to like a couple hours later when I saw it, the Red Sox and Dodgers had both lost. They were right. both back at 500. And the Pirates' record two hours later, I guess teams with winning record, was one and two. That's, wow. how, that's how tenuous their grasp on the we're beating teams that are over 500. Right. That's why you should also never say anything on Twitter, because it's going to be irrelevant in right. about 10 seconds. That is right. But now, Red Sox are back over 500. The Dodgers are well over 500. The, the, your Pittsburgh Pirates, 6-5 and five against teams that are... Well, they still haven't... They didn't add a win, but that's fine. Um, uh, we're going to get... Uh, I, I, well, I'm not going to save this for the Cubs. There's going to be a whole section about the Cubs, because they just have to do it. But one of the things that the, and I'll get more into this, one of the things the Cubs are, the Cubs themselves, like Carter Hawkins and David Ross, they're getting a lot of pressure from people, writers and fans who are like, you got a bunch of, you, you have a fair amount of stiffs on your roster, and you got two guys at Iowa who are lighting it up, why aren't they playing? And one of the things, Carter said it specifically, and, and Ross just kind of hinted to it, because Ross can't do math, was, well, look, we have a, we have a, one of the best run differentials in baseball. Clearly, we're doing something right. Right. Well, they're now 500 with a run differential that, according to Pythagoras, they should be nine over. So maybe they're not doing something right. That's right. But the other thing about it is their run differential, which currently is plus 43, 23 of those are from a three-game series in Oakland. Wow. So maybe the run differential is not the number that the Cubs should be uh, looking at. And that brings me to the, I, I don't know, are you ready to write off here on May 3rd, the 6-24 and 24 Oakland Athletics? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll, let's do it. Their let's run write. differential at the moment, and there's, uh, their, their game with the Mariners, as we record this, is delayed. It's in Oakland. I can only assume that there's poop what backing. Of, what kind of vermin are we talking poop about? Poop is backed here? up. Yeah, the, the possum has run wild, and the toilets have backed up into the, into the dugouts again. It's Armageddon. As we speak, the A's run differential after 30 games is minus 118. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, so you're willing to go out on a limb and give up on the A's. 
let's do it. I think, uh, and I also read somewhere where, like the the Las Vegas deal, they might have made up, like they might have conjured it out of thin air. It might not be real. So people are like, "There's nothing in, there's there's no nothing in the local government that says the A's are are on their way." So, and then there, there would have been by now, based on how they were talking. So, so they I'm bought the they bought a forty nine acre plot of land, right? That was what spurred all. That's what started all this, right? Well, maybe but maybe gonna, it's for a casino. I was gonna yeah. say maybe they're just <laughs> a baseball themed casino. Right. Park Pete Rose out in front of it and ready to roll. Yeah, we can knock them off. Yeah. Right. No yes. A's. Right. Controversially, we'll get rid of the A's. Um, how about the ten and twenty Colorado Rockies? Yeah. Uh, the Monforts. That sounds like a one of the guys from Trading Places. Monfort does. All right, so the Rockies who got he had a healthy Chris Bryant for like a week. He had a couple of homers, and then is he uh, unhealthy? I had missed that. Is he not healthy now? Yeah, okay. he. Uh, what is it? Is it an oblique? Oh, he might be limping around. He, he missed some games. He might be back limping around. All right, um, but yeah, he had gotten hurt again. Maybe not. I don't, I don't see a current injury for poor Chris, so maybe he's back. Still, it's not really mattering. Let's see. Uh, a team uh, near and dear to your uh, geography. The Kansas City Royals are 8-23. and 23. But, like you said, they play in the right division to be 8-23. and 23. Yeah, I don't they know if it's that right. But... They're only 9 out. Only. Not to jump ahead, but you know, I might. I saw a stat where the Pirates are like. Let me see if I can find it, but they're horrendous against the AL East, which they should be. But like ten and three against everyone else. So like you know, the Tigers. Uh, I might have said the Pirates, but I meant the Tigers. Oh, the Tigers. Yeah, I'm not. I, maybe not them. The Royals. Absolutely, we can give up. The Royals gave up before the season started. Yeah. They didn't want to bring anybody. I mean, I asked that. I actually, I'm like to the general manager. You know, are you thinking about bringing anybody in to help the, uh, maybe to win some more games and help the development of the the younger players along? He's like, nah, forget it. I got a guy for him. It's a hometown. It's a he's a he's a Kansas City legend. Yeah, bring back I Eric Hosmer. Think, I don't think they're going to be buying I, Eric Hosmer. I mean, I wouldn't. Who knows? But. Uh, they're Never say no. no. They're only going to have to pay. And is he? He's going to cost the minimum, and the, the Cubs have already yeah. paid him for a month. Right. Such a deal. Five sixths. Uh, yeah, I I don't think so. No. Well, sandwiched in between the Tigers and the Royals are the <laughs> red hot winners of three in a row, Chicago White Sox. And they said it couldn't be done. No. They hadn't won two in a row until yesterday. All season. You know, I hate to give up on their... I mean, uh, you know, would it absolutely surprise me if somehow they got hot and got back into the race? Uh, But no. But at the same time, uh, I don't think anybody should expect that. Uh, So, I I mean, we can write them off. That's fine. They got Billy Hamilton now. He's a good luck charm. He's a. Uh, I mean, uh, what team? What team? Eleven what, under on May third doesn't need a a pinch running specialist, <laughs> right? Wait, when you put it like that, the Tigers uh, are only four out. They're only a game behind the Guardians, and they won a doubleheader today against the Mets. Right. And has Javi Baez hit a home run yet? He did. He hit one maybe maybe yesterday or the day before. It was his first. I don't think he's hit one since. There was just a few days ago, uh, maybe it's a little over a week now, there was a very prestigious list of guys who hadn't homered, which included Dansby Swanson, Javi Baez, Jose Abreu. um, I don't know. And there's a list of guys with like less than 
that had like less than five extra base hits, and Nolan Arenado was on that. Yeesh. Which I was enjoying. Because I don't know if you remember, I had the theory that um, because Nolan didn't opt out of his contract and take a physical to get a new one, that there was something horribly wrong with him. And I'm still, right. I'm still, and I think he's, he's proving it. Even though it's not a thing. All right, so we're not going to write off the Tigers or the White Sox yet. Their division's too bad. Okay. Um, I was going to write off the White Sox for you, but. Oh, go ahead, because you wrote them, you wrote them off very early last year, so people scoffed, and you, of course, were right. Ah. You have good, yeah. ins- you have good instincts when it comes to giving up on the White Sox. It's, uh, you know, it, they, they do, they're getting uh, Liam Hendricks back, but, uh, you know, again, that's, it's not quite the pinch runner thing, but, you know. Closer on a team that can never get a lead? That's what about very the first game, You know, it's. Yeah. So. Um, when Tim Anderson came off the injured list, I wondered why they didn't just simply send him right to the Dodgers. Why make, <laughs> right. him, why make him even, you know, do his layover with the Sox for a couple of months? When we were kids and the trade deadline was June 15th, you know, maybe that was something that I don't know if it would have happened yet, but it's 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 funny to me how unwilling, unprepared, I think, the, the teams are to make trades. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a couple, but it, it's not. No, it's the trades are basically, they're almost, early trades are almost always dictated simply by, well, there was a rash of them because May 1st was like, a deadline if you had a major leaguer in the minors, you had to right. either activate him or find a new home for him. Or it's like the, the the huge trade, the trade that just rocked baseball this morning when uh, Luis Torrens got traded to the Orioles for money. Right. I mean, that one, I, I the emergency alert system went off here to announce. A torrent the, of takes, yes, if you will. Yes. A, tor- a Torrens, yes. Right. Um. Okay. Anybody else in the American League here? How about the last place Yankees? I don't. Actually, that was funny because because they're seventeen and fifty. They're 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 two over. They are in last right. place. In fact, they're almost as far out of first as the Royals. They're eight and a half out. The Royals are only nine out. But Brian <laughs> Cashman was like, "Don't give up on us yet." It's like, don't um, give up on us, baby. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, yeah, Cash. I I don't. You, the fans are pissed. They're not giving up. They're just mad. You know, I might give up on the on them first place. I think that you could give up on that. You know, it's nine games. It's not. I mean, that's you know, the, you, you, it is mathematically whatever. But I don't see them being better than the Rays the rest of the season. No. So. I mean, the Rays are twenty-five and six. Their run differential is oh, it is fifty runs greater than any other team in baseball. Yeah. Now, they haven't played a lot of people either, but, I mean, you can't they, – yeah. they, they eviscerated those that they have played. Will they keep this pace up? They are 16-2 and two at home. You know, finally that place, it's uh, such a dungeon. Uh, weird sight lines and bad vision, and I don't know if they've ever really had a huge – you know, they, they've never had a big – like the the only time they get people has been in the past, like the the Red Sox, all the retirees going yeah. to games. Not even the Yankees draw particularly well, but they were at one point maybe eighth or ninth in the league in attendance uh, in the American League. So, uh, so people are maybe going to see the Rays a little bit, watching them on TV. I think they're sixth or seventh in the ratings hey. among the Valley teams. So things are happening, kind of in that sense. So if they, they're sixteen and two at home now, what would the baseball equivalent of the '86 Celtics going forty and one at home? Well, it would be half, so eighty and two. <laughs> That's too many, but something like that. So if they just win the next sixty-four in a row at home, they would equate, right. they would roughly equate the Celtics going forty and one. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check to see who the Scott Wedman of the Tampa Bay Rays is. I'd be interested to know that answer. You know who I, I, I'm giving up on the Mariners. I'm giving up. Oh, on okay, them. I was gonna get to them. You're giving up on on the M's. The despite Jared Kalenic finally breaking out. Yeah, hi Kalenic. Kalenic. Uh, Kalenic. Kalenic. 
He hit, uh, Jared he hit Kel- four very Actually, long. It's Kelnick. It, the uh, something in there is, is silent. The e is the middle e is silent. You think I would know, considering the he hit about twelve hundred feet worth of homers against the Cubs. Right. Well, you can't trust what you hear on those broadcasts. No, I'm just kidding. Honestly, I just pulled up there. They should be eliminated for their hashtag this year. Yeah, see us rise. See What's us rise. S E A. Climate change. Hello. That's bad. We are going to be drowning soon That's in the right. planet. That's not cool. I mean, California gets these atmospheric rivers like every two weeks, just floods right. them, and here you guys are up there. Well, I know you're used to being wet, but you know, don't that wish that are. on the rest of us. Yeah. That's not cool. Puget Sound for everyone. I don't think so. All right. Get away with that. So the Mariners are no. out. Robbie Maybe. Ray's on the shelf. Do you think there's yeah. any? Do you think Dave Sims would go back to the toupee to try to rally the troops? He go with the, go with the rally toupee. He's a nice man. I think he's just going to have a he's going to have a hat. That's all. He does wear a hat, doesn't he? Wears one. Of, what do they call those things? Like a not the page boy. The page boy is the Dutch haircut. <laughs> <laughs> he wear he, he does. He always wears that that you know. He's got that hat with a snap. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Uh, like a newsboy. I don't know. Anyway, he does always wears a hat. It's funny, you know. I and I like Dave. Uh, I do like to watch. Um, I always need late night baseball, and so I. Yeah. That's why I became very fond of uh, Dwayne Kuiper and Mike Kruko, and I like I like the uh, the Mariners too. Um, but I, it's the only I, I cannot find a picture of this, so I feel like I'm crazy. I cannot find a picture of Dave Sims with the toupee on. But when he did college basketball games like 30 years ago for ESPN, he had right. the worst toupee I'd ever seen. And then I enjoyed the fact that he just ditched it one day. Like, you know what? I'm not fooling anybody. I look fine without hair. I'm just going right. to go with this. And I cannot find the thing. I did manage to find a thing that I didn't think existed, but I found it was... Um, I remembered it when it first happened. It was the early... Not the early days of the internet. I don't know what year Marv got arrested. But when yeah. Marv Albert got arrested, NYPD took mug shots of him with and without the toupee. Right. And I finally re- I found the, no- the non-toupee Marv... Um, mugshot again it was like my my white whale. I can picture that in my mind's eye. I remember that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't know why I got poor Dave. I don't know how I got on that with him, but um, why not? Mariners three and nine versus teams that are over five hundred. Yeah, so I, that, I I don't. I mean, they have a you know they're they're equal run differential. Remember a couple years ago they had the fun differential where their run differential was so bad they had to make up the fun differential to obscure it. But I, I don't. Uh, I think they're they're uh, they're on borrowed uh, whatever house money. I don't know. They're they're not going to play for the playoffs. The um, the A's at one point had played almost. They'd only played like two games against teams without winning records. Just to add, right? But I I got to thinking about that. I think they contribute to teams having winning records. Just being, and they got a yeah. blow today. They lost three games off their when the Cubs went back to 500. They were the the A's were four and 22 against teams with winning records. They're now four and 19 because the Cubs that no is, longer have a winning record. That creeps me out. That going back in time stuff. It's like the the Marvin Barnes story about the going to like. Uh, from St. Louis to not to Memphis, but I think some, it was to Louisville, place. right? And he was—they were going to take off at like twelve ten and land at twelve oh five. And he right. told Bob Costas, "I ain't <laughs> getting on no time machine." <laughs> wow, what great! I mean, that's great advice and hilarious. Yep. So that used to happen to me when I lived in Traverse City. I would come to Chicago, and it's a fifty-minute flight. So you would land ten minutes earlier than you took off, and I made the Marvin Barnes joke every single time. <laughs> but I always got on the plane. What kind of plane is that? Is that like a Learjet or what is that? What the flies from Traverse City to Chicago? Yeah, it's one of those commuter planes that has two seats on one side and one on the other. It's oh, basically wow. a. It's basically a silver. It looks like a sex toy. It's just you just it's a steely dan. You get on this silver tube and they just throw you and they slingshot you. They don't even bother to gas it up. They just right. slingshot you like kitty corner over the lake and hope you land in the right spot. 
Right. That's one of those things where if you, you overshoot the the runway on either side, you got problems. You got would you land at Miggs Field or where would you land? <laughs> we I was on I I was I had to I was connecting through Chicago to go somewhere else and I was on the plane and it had been snowing all day. God you know, God forbid Trevor City was snowing. But snowing all day and um we got on the plane and they were de-icing us constantly while we were waiting right. to take off. And they ran out of de-icer. Jeez. And the pilot gets on and he goes, um, if it's all right with everybody, <laughs> he goes, I, I, we're going to, we're going to, we are going to back away from the gate because if we stay at the gate, now that they're out of de-icer, they will ground us. He's like, we're fine right now. So I'm going to get in line. Mm-hmm. And so we backed up and we got in line to try to take off. But it was snowing. It was just it was unbelievable, snowing. And uh, he gets back on the thing again, and he's like, um, he's like, if we don't take off in the next ten minutes, visibility is going to be too bad for us to take off. He's like, so I'm basically telling the tower that we're taking off, <laughs> and we're like looking at each other on the plane, like we have a rogue pilot. What is he? <laughs> right. And the little airport, Cherry Capital Airport in Traverse City, there is a, there's Garfield Road runs like right there's a there's the runway, then there's like half a football field, then there's a fence, then there's the road. <laughs> and we took off and we it felt like we barely cleared the fence. Right. But he got us up and then we got up above then we on our way to Chicago. And I still remember our our hero pilot who basically told us he said they haven't given us a uh, approval, but we're getting away from the gate because otherwise they're going to make you guys get off the plane and you're not going anywhere tomorrow. So, right. At a point. How about the Cincinnati Reds? Thirteen and eighteen. Yeah, yeah I think uh, you know I like their uh, their gumption, but they don't have enough depth to. Uh, I mean, even in the NL Central. They're, they'll they'll finish last before it's over. The Cardinals will get past them, so I I can we can count them out. Yeah, we just they just cut their their best offensive player, Jason Vossler. But he cleared I waivers. He did clear he did waivers. Amazing. Bye. See ya. Yep. All right. Did we do the Nationals? I think we did the Nationals. Yeah. We. Yeah. Yes. Winners of two in a row against your Chicago Cubs. Please. Yeah, well. Yeah, they're not good. How about the Cubs? No, just kidding. We're not, uh, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that right now. Um, did we say the Rockies already? We did the Rockies. So what about the? Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The pants-filled Giants <laughs> of San Francisco. Um, they are thirteen and seventeen. But they are only, they are five games out in the West. Yeah, uh, out of here, as Dwayne Kuyper would say, out of here, yep. out of here. Yeah, I don't think the Giants are any good. Tough but fair. That brings us to the team I saved for last. The Who St. is Louis this? Cardinals. Oh no! I think we got to just write them off. I think it's over. I'll be they'll be lucky to win twenty games this year. They they would be lucky to win twenty games. That would be it's their worst start since in fifty years since nineteen seventy three. Wow, doesn't seem like that should be that long this, ago. And I looked it up. The seventy three Cardinals ended up going five hundred. They only lost the NL East by a game and a half to the Mets, who went on to win the pennant. Is that uh, was that Joe Torre? Is he still is he still playing in those? Yes, days? he was playing first base for him that year. Mm-hmm. It was one of Bob Gibson's last seasons. I think he only pitched two more years after that. So we can't write off the Cardinals? No? I mean, Damn. this is your... You are in control. You are the uh, the no, Traverse I'm, City pilot in this podcast. That's right. But. I would love to write them off. Um, I've written them off. Just... You've written of, them off, It's the, prin- the principle of the thing. You could erase that writing, too. Yes. Um, my former uh, co-host of this very podcast, Sam Fells, and I both wrote uh, articles yesterday... Uh, <laughs> happily crapping all over the Cardinals in their terrible start. 
And I, it was funny because we even shared, we used some of the same stats. It was as though we just copied off each other. Oh. One of them was both of us made the case that they're blaming Wilson Contreras for their terrible pitching, which we knew was inevitable <laughs> because, you know, right. without Yachty. Uh, despite the fact that what, people, they hit, they, it was almost a run ERA better last year with Yachty. Yachty only caught 71 games last year. Right. Where's Andrew the blame Kniz- for Kniznir is still there. Right. Let him catch. I miss I miss Manny's Deli with the with the Kniznirs. Oh, have, to... have an update. Cardinals oh. are not ten and twenty. They're ten and twenty one. How about 21. now? How about now? Are we ready? Hmm? Uh... Run differential went all the way down to minus nineteen. Six and fifteen against wow. winning teams. Scored four runs against Shohei, and it's not enough. And I was going to joke because I, when you started to update, I just assumed the the Cardinal or the uh, Angels lost. It would have been another perfect. Shohei strikes out thirteen in five innings. Mike right. Trout hits three home runs, and the Angels lose four to three. Tungsten O'Doyle gets him again, but no, no, yeah, wasted a mediocre start from Chaz Miles Michaelis. Yep. So, I think the uh, Cardinals will be fine when Packy Naughton gets back. <laughs> You know, I, you know, can we can we write that the Cardinals are in are in deep trouble? Absolutely, but I don't think we can write them no, off. And I didn't expect. It. I don't want to write them off this soon. I want them. I want misery. I want them to yeah, limp they, along. They're coming to Chicago uh, on Monday to play the Cubs for the only time. No, they go three times. Chicago. Three times here, but only one time in St. Louis. Because the the two London games replace one of the Cubs oh, trips, yeah. right, to St. Louis, which is weird, I think, because don't. Of course, we only have precedence of this once before, right? The when the uh, Yankees and Red Sox played there, they don't have precedence at all in London, Andy. It's That's a king. True. Didn't they? Maybe they didn't. Maybe they were both Red Sox home games. But I thought they like one game was a Red Sox home game and one game was a Yankee home. All I remember about that series was there were like 8 million runs scored. Yeah, which is, and they're playing in the same, it's that, aren't they playing in the Tottenham Hotspur? It's not a baseball stadium. There's no baseball stadiums in England. I don't know. Take them out to some yeah. cricket ground where the where the out, where there is no outfield, and it's like literally, you got to hit the ball and just run. Right. And Eric Hosmer hits a, well, he couldn't hit the ball 400 feet, but if he could, it'd be a 400 feet put out, you know, nothing. Seven to three, right? What do you think, Brandon Donovan will visit Ireland while he's out there? He should. All right, well, that's it for the write-offs. I think it was fun. All right, so let me let me quickly. Uh, oh, I got away from the page. I went I went to luxuriate in the uh, Cardinal homepage there for a second. So we didn't get rid of anybody in the East. The East is wi- AL East is wide open. Everybody has a winning record. The AL Central, yeah. uh, we bid adieu to the Royals and the White Sox. Did we spare the Tigers, or did we? I guess we didn't talk about the Tigers. Uh, yeah, maybe we were on the verge of talking about them. I oh well, no, I talked about them. I said that I'm. Um... Oh, they're good against everybody but the AL East. Or not good. Yes. They're passable against. Right. Once I'm they, not once they stop to... getting their brains beaten in by the one good division in the American League, they might be right. okay. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I think we probably can write them off, sort of like how we wrote off. Yeah, we could write them Seattle off. or um, San Francisco, but. Um, yeah, we can write off the tire. I don't. Right. I, I look at them. I don't see. Poor Akil Badu. Is he still there? Yeah, sometimes he goes to the minors, but he's around. We wrote off the Mariners and the A's. Yeah, we did. Yeah. The Nationals, the Reds, yeah. mm-hmm. the Giants, and the Rockies. Right. So they could stop playing now. They should How do kind of a tiered that? system. Would we where, just uh, the other the, would whoever plays them get that the time off? What would we do with that time? No, you got to redo the schedule. The good teams have to play oh. each other more often. I kind of like that. I do too. I didn't know that was part of this. I like that idea a lot. People keep talking about um, why can't baseball have relegation? It's like, well, because 
if you relegate a team, who's coming up? The St. Louis Saints? I mean, you know, it's a team that wins the International League is an affiliate of their big league team. Right. So it's not like, you know, the Cubs have to go I, play in Des Moines for a year? Is that how that would I, work? I always thought the relegation was just a way of blowing off steam. Like, yeah, you should be relegated, you know, kind of like, I'll murder you, you know, same you don't really mean it. Maybe you do mean it, but you're not going to do it. But yeah, there's an impra- there's a practicality, a pragmatism, a prakadaka that is not uh, yeah, predicated. No, nobody wants to see the Long Island Ducks playing. Not for long. Major Maybe the Savannah sport. Bananas. I wonder what would happen yeah. if we. Maybe Wander Franco should play on the, the, the Savannah Bananas. How about this? How about to liven up the All-Star game? One All-Star team. National League, American League combined. They play the Bananas. Yeah. I'm going to steal that idea. Actually, how about this? I actually, I have, This is a good idea. Futures game. One team. They play the Bananas on Monday. Yes. Bananas rule, though. Yeah. Right, you, they get to do the full shtick, except on national TV. Right, that'd be fun. We should do that. I guess that could be that'd be the Sunday night game. They have to get rid of the hiding the futures game like at three in the afternoon on the Sunday, right. and nobody right. knows it's on, and it's only on MLB Network, and you have to remember that it's on, or you miss it the whole thing. It's like why people actually are interested in that game. Why are you literally hiding it? That probably should be. Is it because Monday they time? do the draft on Sunday night? When do they do the draft? I don't remember. It's All Star yeah. Weekend, right? They do the first round. I thought they started it on a Thursday, or is it I right after the All Star Game leaves town? Have the draft. Yes, because then it gets the first Thursday night without after. when there's no games. Right, because people are still vacationing. Right, half the league has flown to the Dominican for two days. That was fine. That just ridiculous. I'm going home for a day. All right. So the Cubs, as I mentioned, um, are very fond of their, it's now plus 43 run differential. Right. Which proves that they're good in their own minds. Right. The problem has been, as they have continued to play games, it doesn't look like they're that good. Like they're not bad. This is not a bad Cubs team. We've seen bad Cubs teams. But this is not a good Cub team. This is the Cub team that we thought we were getting. This is the hang around 500 so you can pretend in September that you're still playing for something. And then by then the fans will, Justin Fields will be playing and you won't take a lot of shit because the, we'll all be preoccupied with the Bears. It seemed to be their thing. I even went as far to claim that part of the reason that they're not, they haven't yet called up Matt Mervis and Christopher Morrell is because they're literally saving those for later in the, for early in the summer when the fans have completely lost interest in the very mediocre team that they have assembled and thrown out in front. It's like, no, we can't fire those shots yet. We got to hold those off for June. That was the June plan. It can't be the plan now. But if there is a whipping boy for Cub fans right now, it is former Kansas City Royals star Eric Hosmer. How much does he even play? Too damn much. <laughs> and here's the weird thing. So they have Trey Mancini the third, and they have Eric Hosmer. The first. And this happened tonight. It's happened several times in the last two weeks. David Ross played both of them, and he DH'd Eric Hosmer. Oof. Shouldn't he isn't one of his few redeeming qualities the fact that he could play first base? Well, that used to be one of I his know. redeeming he's qualities. Not, I realize he's not. Yes. Uh, not anymore. I, I think short answer is not anymore. But have you seen Trey Mancini try to play first base lately? Uh, you know, I can't picture it. But well, picture this. Anytime he has to stretch for the ball, it literally looks like he's going to fall down. Every, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny because he hasn't fallen down yet. But he is the, it is the most awkward thing. He played right field a couple of times when Seiya was hurt, and that was a complete disaster. He is basically, he's a statue. No, he's a, he is Nick Castellanos with less range. 
Wow. Yeah, not good. So part of it is, all right, if you insist on playing Eric Hosmer, if, if you just have to have him, he has to play first base. And if he can't play it, which you're basically admitting by DHing him, then he has literally no value on your team. If right. you've come to the, if if you are of the opinion that well he can't really play first anymore, um, they also did this thing. They, the Cubs told everybody that he had become a reverse splits guy. He's really tough against lefties, and they were going to play him against that. That has not been the case at all. He's hitting like yeah. 130 against lefties because it was bullshit. The reason that the that last year he had kind of a, a he had a kind of a fluky, decent numbers against lefties was he can't hit a fastball anymore at all. And when he would face lefties, lefties would throw him curveballs because he's left-handed, and he could actually at least you know put the bat on the ball. But yeah. it, he was not productive, and this year he hasn't even been able to do that. Which brings me to what he did tonight. <clears throat> so the Cubs getting beaten again by the Nationals. Another one run. They've, they continue to lose these one-run games on this wonderful road trip through Miami and Washington, where they lost all three games in Miami by a run. Now they've lost two out of three to the Nats, and they play again tomorrow. Down one in the ninth. Seiya Suzuki leads off with a base hit. Trey the third comes up. And I'm like, all right, so what order are we getting this? Trey's going to hit a double play, and then Hosmer's going to pop out to end the game, or Trey's going to get a hit, and Hosmer's going to hit into a triple play. That was the only way they could go. Trey gets a base hit. Hosmer bats for himself. It's like David Ross has a bench full of players, and his best yep. option, I guess the guy throwing, what's Kyle Finnegan, throwing 99 miles an hour is to send Eric Hosmer up. Do you know what Eric Hosmer did? Not, what did he do? He bunted. Oh. And he basically he almost bunted into a double play. He avoided the triple play with the bunt. He did beat it out somehow at first, but instead of there being, you know, the bunt is a is a dubious, it's a ridiculous thing in that strategy. But had it worked, they would have had runners to second and third and one out. Patrick Wisdom then hit into a game-ending double play because there was a runner on first because Eric Hosmer's bunt had not advanced the runner from second. <laughs> but the other thing that David Ross did that I really enjoyed was he pinch ran for Eric Hosmer with hmm. Nelson Velasquez. It's like, oh, if you were going to burn Nelson Velasquez, why didn't you just let him bat? Didn't that seem like that could have been the play? Anyway, don't want to litigate a single cup game during this, but it just happened. Um, so here's the conundrum that the Cubs find themselves in, which only the Cubs could make this into a conundrum. They're getting no production out of first base and DH. None. Mancini has been bad, not as bad as Hosmer, but not good. Uh, Mancini is hitting 268 with a whopping 314 on base and a 381 slugging. Great for your first baseman DH. Hosmer is hitting 250 with a 294 on base and a 363 slugging. The Cubs have uh, 25-year-old would-be rookie, but you got to actually make it to the big leagues to be a rookie. Matt Mervis, who is OPSing almost 1,000 at Iowa, walking as much as he strikes out. It's like, oh, he just just bring him up. You know, he can't be any worse than these two clowns. But we're getting stuff from David Ross, like, well, no, Eric's our, uh, he's a team leader. We need his leadership in the clubhouse. We can't, can't possibly sacrifice that. Which brings me to a my favorite Keith Law quote ever, which was um, do you know what you call an old guy <clears throat> who is a leader in your clubhouse? <laughs> Coach. What? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, at the same time, the Cubs have um, kind of a quasi-platoon at third base with Wisdom who is um, his OPS is 949. He's tied for the league lead in home runs with 11. He strikes out a lot because that's his bag. 38 times in 28 games. And Nick Madrigal. Our guy. Our guy. We're, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Nick Madrigal. A couple of weeks ago, Nick Madrigal was hitting 340. And people are like, see, this is great. This is what we need. Um, and I made the case that he needs to hit 340 to be productive. Because he doesn't walk, he doesn't have for any power, 
He's slow. He doesn't do anything other than hit singles, so he's got to hit a lot of them. Uh, he is currently hitting 260. <laughs> with a 302 on base and a 340 slugging. Cubs have a guy at AAA, Christopher Morell, who is OPSing almost 1,300. More than 600 points more than the tiny little third baseman. That the and has, you know, major league experience. Yeah, he played basically the entire season in the big leagues last year. Right. It's not like he hasn't. So the, but the Cubs continue to bristle at the suggestion that they could improve their team by bringing these guys up. Um, their general manager, Carter Hawkins, did an interview in The Athletic the other day where uh, he basically said, well, you know, you got to take these things seriously because if you make a move like that, it's irreversible. Like, well, I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure that options work both ways. And if you bring them up and they're not good, then you just go back to Iowa and let's keep let's try this again. Right. So I assume what he meant was, you know, if we do this, we're going to have to DFA the great Eric Hosmer. And that's what, how we're going to possibly get him back. It's like, well, I don't know. He probably won't get another job. And if he does, uh, you could go to the Home Depot at 6.30 in the morning and get another Eric Hosmer. I'm pretty sure they're just standing there waiting to work for the day. Yeah, the whole thing about worrying about your, uh, well, we're, we don't want to burn through the major league depth in April. Well, I mean, like you just said, someone like that, or if not exactly him, will be available later. It, it happens all the time. I don't understand what the thinking is. No. So that gets me to believe that my the joke I made earlier is not really a joke. Yeah, I do think that the Cubs are like, no, 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 we can't do that yet. That's, you know, we're saving these for like, this will get the fans excited later. We can't, we can't blow it all now. This team sucks. We're going to bring them up and they're still going to be 500 two months from now, except we're not going to be able to get the fans excited. Hey, it's, it's Matt Mervis day. That's a hell of a way to run a team. But that's okay. They have, they currently still have Edwin Rios on the team. Um, He has, he has 20 at-bats already. He's been on the team the entire season. Mm-hmm. He has 20 at-bats. He has two hits. So he's hitting 100. But he's, right. it's, a, it's a hot 100. He's surging. He has an option. So you wouldn't even lose Edwin Rios. Right. You can simply send him to go spend a couple of exciting weeks in Des Moines. And then if it doesn't work, he can just come back. Um. Madrigal apparently has the... He will have the right to declare himself, Michael Scott style, a free agent. He said they could send Rios down, bring up one of these corner guys, get them in the lineup, bench somebody. You know, if you like messages, you could send a message that way. It's not... But uh, as we have seen with other decisions, and it's not just the Cubs... Teams are not necessarily the first order of business isn't necessarily winning games. They have some other plan cooking. They have, you know, there's, and there are, there are things that maybe we're not considering, uh, you know, options and all that. Um, But like you said, even those are two sided. You know, some of these guys can go down for a while and you can bring somebody up and it's not, it's not a, a great experiment to bring up, uh, at least Morel. So, so it, what this reminds me of, and it, well, it, it only reminds me of it in that the Cubs are making it weird. Um, was 2017 when Kyle Schwarber really, really struggled, and the Cubs refused to send him to Iowa. They just wouldn't do it, and it's like it. His struggles made complete sense. He had played half a season in 2015 in the big leagues, and then in 2016 he played three games and blew out his knee. And missed the whole season, came back right. and was amazing in the World Series. Now he's trying to come back. It's going to be his first full season. He's, he's had major knee surgery. The, the idea that he struggled early really shouldn't have surprised anybody. And I just felt like they were making it by by refusing to send him down. When they finally had to send him down, they were it, they were going to make it seem to him like a huge failure. Instead of, he got off to a bad start in April, and like, you know what, Kyle? We just need to get you consistent at bats. We're just going to send you to Iowa, because that's what Iowa's for. You're still in our plans. It's going to be fine. But just go down there, get some pressure off, and play. They waited until 
the All-Star break, or right before the All-Star break, before they finally set him down. And I feel like they're kind of doing that now again, where it's like, you can, you have AAA for a reason. You can shuttle these guys back and forth. Right. And you're not going to you're not going to ruin either one of these young players if they come up and they struggle for a couple of weeks you're going to send them back but if you if you wait and you're like oh we can only do this once and when they come up they have to come up and they they we can't you know this is our commitment to them they can't go back you add an extra layer of weird pressure like they don't do this with, with relief pitchers they just shuttle those guys all the time they don't care hell the cubs uh brought up the great Ryan Brucky from Iowa he was in the bullpen for two days, and because they had <coughs> this perfect Cub timing, they limped along with three catchers for like 30 games, and they right. finally said, "All right, this is ridiculous." So they DFA'd, you know, because they traded him today, the great Luis Torrens, and then two days later, Jan Gomes gets hit in the head with a bat and gets a concussion, and now they're like, "Oh shit, we don't have, we don't have another catcher." Right. So they had to bring a Mel- Miguel Amaya. They're oft-injured prospect who is in double-A. He's on the 40-man, so they just brought him up. And then they had to they had to get rid of somebody, so they got rid of Brian Barucki, who was like, oh, so, I, hey, cool, I'm in the bullpen. Well, I'm what? I'm released? Oh, thanks. <laughs> Came up for two days and didn't get to pitch. Um, and I know the Cubs aren't the only team that does this, but it, it really seems like you don't... You can kind of set the tone for how you treat sending guys back and forth. And you don't have to make it seem to them like... I mean, obviously they're disappointed. Everybody would much rather be in the big leagues. You'd rather right. sit on the bench in the big leagues than have to go play every day in AAA because it's AAA. Um, but we've, I've seen it with this bunch for the last few years where they did it with Ian Happ, too, a couple of few years ago where they, they sent him down to start the season. And they even acted like, you know, I don't know. You know maybe he can get it together. It's like, right. this is seriously the message you're going to send is that you failed. Maybe you could figure it out in Iowa. And he, he did figure it out, at least for a while. It's just it's just strange. And the idea that, like you said, the idea that, well, it's too early. We can't do this stuff yet. It's like, well, you know, a, a game you lose in April counts just as much as a game you lose in September. Right. And if you refuse to do the obvious and you lose some games, and you bring guys up, and you start to win again, those are still games that you lost. So, I don't quite understand. Uh, the Jan Gomes thing, though, does remind me of a great moment in marquee history this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he got hit, he, he took the... It was one of those where he didn't get hit with the... He, he got hit with the... Not even the backswing. He got hit with, like, the recoil after the backswing, right on top of his head. The, the update from sideline reporter... Taylor McGregor was a Jan Gomes was dealing with some head stuff. <laughs> so there you go. Add that to the long list of it's... brilliant sideline reporting. He's got some head stuff. <laughs> so speaking of the Rays which we did a little bit, a little while ago. Uh, Wander Franco lit up the uh, the interwebs yesterday. I say yesterday, it's a podcast. Oh, it's tonight. Of the day. Oh, he just did it today. This was he tonight, so he did it on Wednesday. Wednesday night. Oh, against the Pirates. With, with the great, uh, wealthy Brian Reynolds at the plate in the seventh inning. As much backstory as I'm giving you. Well, and then what happened was he... Uh, it was just a routine ground ball to short, and he he basically like flipped it to himself. It was uh, it was very stylish, yep. and uh, I mean, uh, possibly dangerous. It's one of those things where you know, hot dogging. It's uh, there's a phrase Murph would like that hot dogging. Yep. Um, it was a little bit of that, but it was during the play. You know, it was like a bat flip that happened before the pitch was thrown or. <laughs> as the pitch was thrown. So there was a little bit of a, a degree of danger that, you know, well, if he bobbles it, he's going to have an error and he'd be look, looking foolish, but it was, uh, it was very stylish and, and kind cool. of fun. Yeah, it was, it was sort of like, uh, I mean, like the, the fictitious example that I saw that was very good was the play in a, a league of their own where 
uh, Gina Davis does the splits before she catches the pop up. But if you wanted to, to put a uh, like a real, you know, in real life kind of uh, comparison, it's like a, an NBA dunk or something where the guy's doing a breakaway and Jordan, you know, rocks the cradle or Dominique does the uh, the windmill or it's like one of those. Um, so, and I, I don't think anybody wishes that those guys had never done that. So, uh, you know, you got some old heads out there, uh, some old head stuff out there, uh, with people probably not liking it, but, um, my thought is this is just what we need. You know, the, the game needs a little more style. Well, it brings to mind what two years ago now, the, uh, Fernando Tatis hitting the home run on the three Oh pitch and his yeah. own manager tisk tisking him for it. Right. Why was that ever a thing? It's not the batter's fault that the pitcher fell behind 3-0 and has to throw him a fastball. Right. Like, that's, you know, you should be able to go whack if you want. Well, again, it's an unwritten rule that it, since it was never written down, we're not exactly sure why. Yeah. You know, what's the why there? So The Wander throwing the ball to himself and then, and then throwing to first base. As though he was practicing, you know. We haven't had a chance to turn many double plays, so I'll just flip it to myself. Right. Get a little extra infield in. Uh, to me, it was reminiscent of uh, former Cub and Philly great Manny Trio, who, especially when pitchers were batting, if they hit the ball right to Manny and you didn't sprint to first, Manny would literally hold the ball and watch right. you and then just at the last minute throw it as hard as he could to first base and get you out every time. And I just loved it. That basically taunting you. It's basically the Crash Davis run dummy. That was right. Manny standing there at, with the ball. Like, if you're not going to run, I don't have to throw it yet. Right. That's awesome. Um, I don't know why it made me think of this, but um, there was there was, there was was a discussion on, on Twitter. And Twitter gets better all the time. Elon's really done a nice job with it. Um, yeah. About... And I was going to make a joke about the low bar that Nick Madrigal plays with at third base, where if he makes a routine play, everybody's like, oh, look at that. I mean, this Nick literally crow hops routine throws to first. Yeah. He, to get enough momentum to throw the ball for, to third, he has to literally he has to act like he's an outfielder trying to gun down a guy at third. Um, and he's, I don't think he's, I think he's had one throwing error, maybe. But somebody was like... It's like, yeah, well, you know, he gets the ball over there. Dansby Swanson barely can throw the ball to first base. And I had noticed in the when the, after the Cubs signed him, I was looking up some of his defensive stuff, that Dansby has a really low, like, miles per hour, average miles per hour. But when you watch him play, you realize Dansby's only interested in beating the runner by a step. Right. And he is really good at just figuring out how hard he has to throw it. When he has to throw it hard, he can, but a lot of the times he just kind of a flip. And I was like, buddy, do you really think that Nick Madrigal has a better arm than Dansby Swanson? Because Nick has to, like, it's maximum effort for him to get the ball to first. And from anywhere, where Dansby's over there, like, flipping it from his waist, because the guy is, you know, because it's, uh, I don't know, because Rowdy, te- you know, Tellez is running to first. And he knows he's got, you know, 30 seconds to get it there. I just thought that was funny. But it was, it's, that's the difference between watching AI play and just reading his stats. Cause I looked at it like, Ooh, that arm can't be very good as he doesn't have a great arm. He doesn't have a hobby arm, but he's got, he has a legitimate shortstop arm. And the reason that his miles per hour isn't, isn't at the top is when you watch him play, you realize he's not interested in throwing as hard as he can at first every time. Right. His whole job is to get the ball there before the runner. So does anybody ask him about this? No, th- nobody seems to ask the Cubs about anything. <laughs> Ross doesn't get asked why Hosmer DHs instead of plays first base. Because I just assumed when he was he did it for like three games in a row, it's like he must be getting something wrong with him that he can't like play for. Nobody asked him that. Uh, Boog uh, Shambi said during the broadcast that he did ask Dansby a very important question just today, and that was he asked Dansby when Dansby knew that he had great hair. <laughs> And Dansby's answer was sophomore year in college. Good. That was a legit. That was an actual thing that happened. 
So no, they haven't asked Ansby about, you know, how do you decide how hard to throw the ball to first? But they did ask him about his hair. So that's we get all the good stuff on Marquee. It's right. Yes. That's okay. After the game, Cole Wright on the post game uh described Eric how it was a textbook bunt, except maybe just a little hard. Like, okay, that would make it not textbook, but also it's still the dumbest thing ever. It to me it immediately brought back memories of uh as a famous moment in Cub lore was in two thousand six, the great two thousand six Cubs. Uh Nephi Perez comes up against the Nationals, ironically, two on, two out, ninth inning, and bunts. He's thrown right. out at first by forty five feet. Anyway, that's what I got. That's pretty good. I think I understand your uh, your rants against the Cubs. I think uh, I don't know if they should do everything that you say, but they should do some of the things that you say. And maybe it comes from a place of I feel like this is they're in a they're in a bad division when the Pirates are running away with your division, and you know they're not any good. Although, I mean, Jack, maybe Jack Sawinski is going to hit a homer every 10 at-bats all season. It could happen. <laughs> right. Um, the, when you are li- you're literally putting yourself at a roster disadvantage for no apparent reason and giving away games that you might well have won early in the season, I don't know how, I, I don't know how you answer that. Right. And they don't really have an answer for it other than, oh, so we're playing really good. We don't want to mess with it. It's like, you are a 500 baseball team. Maybe a week ago, you could hide behind that we're playing really good. But when you lose five out of six games so far on a road trip through Miami and Washington, and your roster deficiencies are, you know, like a red... It's like that, um, one of the very first Simpsons. Remember the one where Homer went to buy the RV? Mm-hmm. And he, they're doing a credit check, and the, there's a red light that starts to go off on top of the monitor. And yeah. Homer asks the RV salesman, he's like, is that a good sign? And he goes, is a red flashing light ever a good sign? <laughs> That's what's going on with the Cub roster right now. It's like Country Bob's RVs, and the light is going on. <laughs> you need to address it. All right. Well, thanks, Dave. Thank you, Andy. Many of us have herpes. 